Hi, this is Katerina from Creators Abroad, and you're listening to the Eat Blog Talk podcast. Hey, food bloggers, welcome to Eat Blog Talk, the podcast for food bloggers looking for the value and confidence that will move the needle forward in their businesses. I'm your host, Megan Porta, and you're listening to episode 265, where Katerina Joubert is going to teach us how to go from ordinary blogger to influencer by using podcast and video. Media producer, multilingual educator, podcaster, and YouTuber, Katerina runs the Creators Abroad podcast, YouTube channel, and production studio, as well as producing media focusing on Max Impact, so podcasts, videos, social media, and blogs. She interviews creatives about the lives they left behind and the dreams they built. Katerina wants to help creatives spark their imagination, find opportunities, navigate culture, form new connections, and build a rewarding career. I'm so excited to have you as a guest today, Katerina. Thank you so much for joining me inside this episode. Before we get started, though, we all want to hear what your fun fact is. Wow, this is really amazing, Megan. I have told you before how much I love your podcast, so this is great being here. My fun fact is I used to be a semi-professional martial artist, martial artist in particular. I did kendo, which is like Japanese sword fighting. Whoa. And (laughs) I did did quite a lot of, (laughs) um, I say semi-professional because where I grew up, South Africa, there weren't funds. So you couldn't do it as a professional career you had to do your career or have your job and then do this on the side and fund yourself so i participated in loads of world championships and european championships etc so that was my younger days my goodness do you partake in that anymore i'd love to start again i stopped after my last international competition because i just had too much on my plate so That is like a cool thing though, right? Like when you tell people that, they probably are like, wow, you're so cool, Katerina. Yeah, and I think the the question is always, are you still doing it? And then I have to say, no, I stopped. So (laughs) definitely need to get back into it. Uh, I have the same story with, not your same story, but like with skydiving because my husband and I are skydivers, um, but we don't do it much anymore. So I get the same exact thing. People are like, wow, do you still skydive? And I say, no, I don't. But once a skydiver, always a skydiver. That's what we always say. <laughs> yeah, that's super cool. I'd love to skydive. I'm a bit of an adrenaline adrenaline oh, junkie. <laughs> same. Yes. I feel like I very seldom meet people who say that same thing. So I feel like you and I would be fast friends if we ever meet in person one day. I want to hear your story because you were a blogger, right? You started out blogging and now you're this like amazing YouTuber, video producer, creator, you're so creative. I absolutely am obsessed with your videos. And I will just tell everyone, you've got to go check out Katerina's videos. They're so epic and so great. So I want to hear your story. Talk us through everything. How did you start as a blogger? And then how did you go get into podcasting and video and all of that? Just tell us the scoop. Okay, so... um. Thank you so much. I It means a lot to me to get any feedback on my videos and I really do put my heart and soul into them. But like you mentioned, I, that's not where I started. I started very differently um, as a blogger and as a travel blogger. So I moved to England, northern England, 
about six years ago. And that's when I decided, because my dream was to be a writer. And this is kind of like a theme throughout my early creator days is I always thought, well, I'm not good enough to be that. So let me try and be this. And I started blogging and I wanted to do it professionally. I just had no idea how to do it. Absolutely no idea. And I was at that stage of my life where I was not too scared to ask. I just didn't realize it was okay to ask and find people to help you and understand the industry better. And this is as a little like teaser why I later on started the podcast because I want to create that community or group where people can feel comfortable to ask whatever they want about making a living as a creator and all the skills you need. But at that stage, I felt very alone. Um, and I did my best. I made as many connections as I could. I wrote a lot. I was writing um one well not maybe as much as some other bloggers but I was putting obviously a lot into each thing I wrote once a week I put it out there was a lot of pressure but I just never got to that point of monetizing of understanding how you do that and I think maybe some of the people listening um, maybe you yourself went through a stage where it wasn't always clear so I started with that and as these things happen, and especially because we've got social media and numbers are so in your face, I just realized that, well, I wasn't making the mark I was making. I was putting a lot of time in. I was getting pressure from outside, just little things, comments and so forth. So I said, well, I'm clearly not cut out to do this. And I stopped. Um, and I became a teacher because for me, there's two things to content creation. There's the joy of creating. So say, because I did one or two like foodie, um, I did a, a lot of foodie blog articles, to be honest. I did a lot of, because my passion was restaurants or like coffee shops, restaurants. I used to go um, meet the founders, got their whole story and then did it as a blog article of, that was um relatively pr promotional while well, I would say but yeah that's how, what I did um, and I wanted to create to do that creation part but I really wanted to add value and at that point I just wasn't feeling that I was doing enough of adding value because I didn't get the reaction or the feedback and it's one of the hardest things any creator needs to learn is that it's okay that you, you're not going to get the immediate feedback Oh, I love that you just said, I'm going to interrupt you just for a second, because I think that is something that we can all, a lot of us can relate to that, because we're working alone. A lot of us are working from our homes and our basements. I'm in my basement right now. I'm really, <laughs> really? alone. And so we don't get that feedback often. And then that can lead to exactly what happened to you, which is quitting, mm -hmm. right? So where did you go after that? So because I was so focused on giving back. I just love helping people. I decided to become a teacher. I was in education anyway before then, before I decided to try blogging. So I thought, well, let me just go back to this. I can teach people. That's great. And a lot of what I now do with my videos and podcasts, I use what I learned during teaching and I apply it to content creation. Um, 
I became a teacher and that's a different story because there you have different kinds of stresses and for various reasons, including food, I wanted to start my own cafe. I would rather, rather say cafe than restaurant. I left teaching. So I went into hospitality. After you tried blogging, you went to teaching and then were you teaching in a formal setting or what were you teaching? Yeah, I was teaching French and Spanish in a secondary school. I did some kind of fancy program that I never thought I'd get into. I just <laughs> I just applied. I was like, <laughs> well, I've just arrived in England and there's no way I'm going to be able to, I'm going to get accepted into this program. It was basically called, uh, in America, it's Teach for America. In England, it's called Teach First. So they take like top graduates and put them in the hardest schools, like the schools in the poorest areas, um, to develop them as leaders and then also to push the level of education in those schools at the same time. So there's a whole theory behind this. And I was like, well, this sounds like something that could work, that could work for me as a person because I love challenges. Anything that's hard, I'm always like, yeah, bring it on. Um <laughs> But it was a very, very tough journey. And like I say, I was quite surprised they accepted me in the first place. And then you just decided it wasn't for you and you needed another to go another route. Yeah, like I say, I've always had this massive passion for food. Um, I used to put up because I lived in France for a while and... I used to do these soirees where I did like five course meals for my friends and all of that. And I was like, oh, yeah, I want to open like a cafe or a lounge or something like that. Um, and then I just quit teaching and said, oh, okay, I'm going to do it. So you opened a cafe? No, because uh, oh, that, that was I was like another little hidden journey in here. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I didn't even think about it until now. I <laughs> um, actually, it coincided with the pandemic. So no, I didn't open a cafe. <laughs> Okay, so from there you went to <laughs> podcasting. I know you have an awesome podcast. I listen to it. I love it. Um, so talk about that. How did you transition and how did that go? Yeah, so basically my idea was I loved podcasts. So the reason I had the kind of nerve to say, okay, well, teaching is a safe job. Um, I mean, salary-wise, you probably do more work than you get for what you get paid, but it's a good progression. It's very secure. They always need teachers. Um, but I said, well, um, I was listening to these podcasts. A lot of them were entrepreneur podcasts, like things like the School of Greatness, a couple of others. I'd also discovered YouTube at this stage. And that kind of made me think a bit more about life and what I really wanted to do. And is this it forever? Am I just going to help like school like secondary school children learn French or is there maybe something else I can do besides that and I loved podcasts I just loved the fact that I could listen to them anywhere I learned Spanish and taught because I had to teach Spanish through a podcast and I said well okay I'm gonna quit teaching I'm gonna try and go full-time in hospitality and I'm going to create, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm laughing now because it never happened, but I was going to create a podcast cafe basically. So <laughs> that was the idea. I was going to have the podcast and have my recording studio. And below that was going to be like a lounge and chill out area where people can come and just talk to me because that's what podcasts are all about, conversations. Oh, I love that idea. Oh, yeah, that's a great one. <laughs> <laughs> never happened <laughs> oh well okay. that in your cafe so the podcast lounge the podcast cafe yeah. 
that's a dream for someday, right? Maybe, yes. Definitely still there somewhere. But So I started the podcast and obviously the podcast was about entrepreneurship because those were the ones I, were, I was listening to. And once again, I had absolutely no idea. I even had a business plan and everything written out, but I have no idea how you monetize a podcast. I didn't even know how it fit in with a broader business, you know, um, plan or anything. I just said, I'm going to do it. And nobody seemed to stop me at that stage, but I suppose we were in a, in a pandemic as well. So there wasn't much else to do. And I, same as with my blogging journey for the first couple of months, I just taught myself, I made a couple of mistakes um, in terms of like, I wasn't probably going in the direct, using the direct channels. I wasn't reaching out. I wasn't making the right connections. Um, And I, instead of kind of giving up, because obviously we always look at the best podcasts out there and we think oh we want to get to them we want to have those listens and everything I slowly started realizing that if that's going to be what if I'm going to do that I'm going to just follow the same route and I think it's the same for all content creators if we just look at the people who have already spent the eight years building and creating something incredible we are going to lose motivation because we have our own journey and we need to enjoy every single moment of it and even the starting moments and I used the time to just study I studied what worked what didn't work and I applied it to my own Instagram account this is at this stage I started doing short videos because I was like I want to interact with people I don't want to just put out static content I want to almost in a class like in a classroom setting I want to talk to them and have their feedback. And that was my approach. So this can actually apply a lot to food blogging too, because we need to put ourselves out there in various ways. Um, So what would you say about that? Like if someone's listening and they're like, but I'm a food blogger, I'm not a podcaster. How can you make a parallel there and kind of connect those dots? Absolutely love that you asked this because I can't, I listen to your podcast. I'm not a food blogger as such. So I'm constantly thinking about like, ooh, but this can, you can do this for a food blogger or a food blogger can try this in terms of podcasting because obviously I, I listen to the conversations you have. And I mean, just the concept of a podcast for any business. So if, say you've got some listeners who they're earning an income from their food blog at the moment, there are different uh, revenue streams, so it might differ from one person to the other. But if they add a podcast and or and or a video to the content they put out there, they can actually reach so a lot more people than they currently do if they're currently just relying on their website and static content. And there are loads of statistics I can quote, but I'd rather just give like a concrete example that I came up with. I came up with a couple of examples. But so, for example, say you, I'm just, this is entirely made up. Say you specialize in French food. And at the moment, you've got an amazing website, you've got your Instagram account and all of that. And, but maybe you want to just go beyond being an ordinary blogger and you want to start interacting on a more interactive basis with your audience. You want to show more personality. You want to be 
almost make that connection, that connection that will mean they'll always be there because they know you like inside out. If you start a podcast around the idea of maybe French food and health, because, you know, there's this idea of, you know, the French live longer. And so it doesn't only have to be, okay, this is how we make these kinds of French dishes. It can also be, this is the French kind of lifestyle. So like work-life balance, for example. And if at the same time, this is taking it one step further, you record your, say it is a interview style podcast and you, you interview experts like you do, Megan, and you video this conversation at the same time. Already, you've got a video to put on YouTube. You've got a podcast to put on platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Well, there are plenty of them. And immediately from there, you can have a blog article. You can have a recipe that goes with the podcast episode. Um, and at the same time, so you're meeting a lot of uh, search criterias in putting this content out there. And the magic of it all is you just pull out the best bits and you've got all of your social media content as well. And if all of this is done to like a certain standard and you, you've invested some time to just get it to that quality, then there's a massive chance you're going to just pull in loads of new people. And is this what you refer to as your max impact media, just kind of utilizing what you create and putting it onto the various platforms? Yes, but it's also understanding how to interact in an, a video. So podcasts and videos, those are two different concepts. Um, a podcast is about the structure and, you know, are you going to build a conversation? Are you going to just do a solo episode and just offer some value? So in, if we go back to the imaginary um, kind of like French food expert and health, uh, healthy living. So maybe they just do solo episodes on short topics and then they can video themselves. They've got a little bit more freedom in terms of how they want to put out that video. But what I forgot to mention is even if it's an interview style, you can always video the actual recipe being made if there was any mention of something concrete and overlay that into your conversation and if it's a solo video you obviously just do the recipe yourself um so there's so much scope um for being creative and just putting in different pull points or hooks as i call them because the thing to keep in mind with video is if it starts off without that immediate connection point the chances of you losing views or even in a podcast, if you don't have that immediate pull in for the listener, um, you might lose people. So it's also thinking about how you kind of structure the content. The way you just described that, you almost painted a picture that was so just kind of juicy and creative and something I'd never thought about before, but overlaying maybe a recipe, you know, the way that you're creating a recipe with content from a podcast or an interview is such a unique thing. If someone could pull that off, oh my gosh, think of the traction and the people they could reach. And there's so much possibility there. 
if you include food in anything, I think that's automatically like pulls people in because everybody loves food and everybody needs food. But add all of those layers, like the visuals, the moving visuals and the interviews and talking and information and the recipe. Oh my goodness. There's so much opportunity there. I know. I mean, I get super excited about these things and it's hard for me because so this is what I do. I it's always easier when you have the person who's got the idea, the bigger picture, and then they bring it together, they make it happen. So that's kind of like my motto is um, imagine, create, exist. So whatever you imagine, so you say, okay, well, I need more traction on YouTube. So that gives me, okay, well, let's look at what you have, what's your business about? What are the things that people are going to pull, that are going to pull people in most? like food. <laughs> I mean, it's just undeniable. We see something yummy and we we're interested. So we use that and use personality and look at the quirky bits of your personality. So just to give an example, you can make something as simple as a baked potato seem super sexy on TikTok. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> just by using your voice, just by using a little quirky inflections, you can just be like, super quick, sexy baked potato. And people are going to want to make that baked potato. It's just, it's about thinking how you come across. With food, you can just use your voice to make anything sound good, really. You used a baked potato. There's nothing glamorous about a baked potato. But if you use a little bit of creativity, you can work wonders. I have to get give credit where credit is due. So I didn't just come up with a super sexy, quick baked potato. Um, so this is actually quite a big TikToker um, who he's just like a what we call like a chavy London person. So chavy means they're they always wear like a tracksuit. They're not like you know, I don't know how to put this in a nice way. Um, not lower class, but you know, you get the idea. Um, and he just does these really really quirky little uh, healthy living for his kind. Um, you know his community um, so he did this and he'd be like this like really nice London accent like super sexy quick baked potato put a little bit of pepper <laughs> yeah but anyway Katerina I feel like I could just hire you to talk about all of my food and it would automatically sound way more amazing because I love your accent love a lot of salt and pepper <laughs> yeah, there you go <laughs> I was just going to say that like food bloggers, I hear you. I know what you're thinking right now. You're like, but I have too much to do. There's so much going on in my business. How in the world and why would I ever start a podcast? It's just one more thing. It's too much work. But I am here to tell you and Katerina is too, that it is so worth it. It will literally transform your business. I mean, you just talked through one scenario with the French food about a way that you could put, you know, your food out into the world in that medium. So video and podcasting. Why should we do this? Like, how easy is it kind of overcoming some of those objections so that food bloggers actually do start listening? Like, okay, maybe this would really transform my business. So I will let you take it. I just want to take a really quick break here so that we can talk about a few things going on at Eat Blog Talk, and then we will dive right back into our conversation. First, I would just love to put this request out there. If you are willing to go to Apple Podcasts, I'm assuming that a lot of you listen to this podcast through that podcast player, 
or whatever podcast player you listen through. Go to the podcast player of your choice and find Eat Blog Talk. I'm sure you're probably already on there. So if you're not driving, go ahead and do that. Scroll down to the bottom where you will see places where you can rate and review this podcast. If you would do that, I would be so grateful. Thank you to those of you who have done it. I really appreciate your kind words. Doing this simple act adds so much value to this podcast. Other people come and they look at those reviews and they take those words in. So I really appreciate you doing this. One more quick thing and we can dive back into the episode. As of the time I'm recording this, there are a couple spots left in the eBlog Talk Mastermind program. I am closing this group down at the end of the year. So December 31st, 2021 will be the last day that you can apply to get inside this group. We likely will open up another mastermind group in the future, but there are no set plans for that currently. I want to fill this group and get the value rolling even more than it already is. It's so powerful inside. So if you're interested, go to eblogtalk.com, fill out an application, get on the wait list, and I hope you're a great fit. I hope to see you inside. Thank you. And now we can get back to the episode. Okay, there are quite a lot of points in here. And I feel like, Megan, you have just probably more productivity tips than I do. I mean, you're just incredible with the amount of episodes you produce um, and how you manage your time. So it's definitely possible. A podcast is, it's about finding what works for you. So as with a food blog, as with a, a YouTube channel, it there's no one thing fits all and you don't have to start with you know the best of ever everything in terms of like the best equipment you can actually quite start fairly easily with just a basic mic headphones so in terms of the obstacle of starting there is practically none it's then just deciding on how you want to structure it and once you get into the flow and you have like a schedule a content uh, schedule and you could decide probably the best strategy for this is just doing using batching, which I know you use. So you just set aside one day, say, OK, well, I am only releasing. Let's make it even like more practical for for people listening and bloggers, because I do know it, it can sound very intimidating. So let's not even say we do one a week. We do it seasonally and we can even theme our seasons according to the seasons, because it's food. So you also have seasonal vegetables and all of that. Um, so you just say, well, six episodes, I'm going to pack it with value per season. And I'm just going to set aside maybe one day for recording those six episodes, maybe another day just to get it all, you know, edited down. You can even outsource. You've spoken a lot about outsourcing. It's very easy and some you don't have to have the most expensive way of outsourcing your podcast editing. It can actually be quite affordable. And then you get the episode back, you upload it, there's your podcast episode done. Now, if you want to go that extra layer of video, it's simply adding cameras, but you don't necessarily need a fancy camera to do that either. There are many examples of people using their phones to just capture the video. So just put it, you know, landscape view. You need two phones. You can even just use one. Two is probably better. So you've got two view uh, angles. Um, and there you've got your video done. And then you can, once again, you can outsource editing, 
if you want to take it to that really maximum impact level, then obviously you're going to start looking at, okay, maybe get a, someone with professional, either as a consultant, so they can do tell you, okay, do this, this, this. You record it, they get it back, they edit it. So that's one thing I do. Or you can get them in to do everything for you. So basically, you just show up as the food blogger with the knowledge. Your guest, if you've got a guest, they take care of everything else. And what you get at the end of the day is a podcast episode, a YouTube video, multiple social media content. And that's going to immediately not only pull in more people, more views, it's going to build relationships. And I think that's maybe in the long run, that goes a lot further than maybe just instant, you know, someone quickly looking at your page or quickly at your YouTube videos. Very seldom that you quickly listen to a podcast. You can't do that. Uh, but if you do this well, and that's where the thing comes in, you don't want to start with just do one thing really, really well, rather than trying to do everything half-heartedly but if you get to the stage of doing as much as you can then there's definitely that road from going from ordinary food blogger where it was just you and your blog to suddenly you becoming this person people can find anywhere people love the content of people are like where's this next video with this delicious food I want to and then you know you just you offer so much value in all of those bits that people want it and they they come back for more. There are so many things I wanted to comment on. You said so many great things there. Wow, that was all so great, so inspiring. Um, where do I start? So I just pulled away from that. Like this is a really novel concept for food bloggers because it's really outside of what we currently do typically. Um, we photograph our food and we sometimes video our hands. And maybe if we're feeling crazy, we'll video ourselves in the kitchen talking about the food. And that's kind of like the standard for, you know, what food bloggers do. But we always hear this concept, like if you want to separate yourself from the pack and get ahead and in our game, in our sphere, food blogging is really, really saturated. There are so many food bloggers trying to quote, make it and get ahead and, you know, just create that killer content that Google loves and Pinterest loves and everybody loves. So this novel concept could be a way for food bloggers to really separate themselves and almost be an early adopter of this concept that you're talking about. Um, what do you think of that? Totally. I mean, for me, I enjoy listening people talk about food. That's how much of an attraction it's got. So if more food bloggers were to get into creating kick-ass podcasts, um, you know, like putting out the kind of content that people go like, hmm, yeah, I want to try that. Or this is super interesting. Then it's definitely going to set them apart. And if they're early adopters, because as far as I know, there aren't that many podcasts out there. I'm not even too sure about YouTube techniques. Like I know that's massive if you can find the right angle and if you can combine those two. But if we just focus on podcasting for one second. So just that alone is going to set you apart because it's giving you a voice where before you 
probably didn't have that much of a voice. It gives you a personality as well. Um, and the, the big difference is going from static content to highly interactive content that have people because one of the problems is people go to your site, they find the recipe and they leave because they've, they've gotten what they were looking for. But if you become like a passenger in their car, then there's the, a different kind of relationship is starting to form between people who consume your content um, and yourself. And that's the kind of, that's where you come to having an audience. And that's when it comes to you actually starting to set trends and people following what you do. So powerful. And I think in years past, I'm talking like seven to 10 years ago for blogging, we had a voice on our blogging platforms. And today that's just not how it works anymore. Things have evolved. So we really do write our content for Google. I hate to say that, but that is a fact. Um, so if you want a voice, like you're saying, Katerina, you need to maybe explore a new platform. And podcasting, oh my gosh, there's no better way to get your voice out there and to build those relationships. You mentioned that earlier. That's another thing I wanted to comment on. That has been huge for my podcast. I cannot even tell you the power of relationships. And the further I get into my podcast, the more I see it. And then I think I understand it. And then two months later, I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel it even more. Like there's so much power in building those relationships. And there's no better way to do that than starting a podcast. Yeah. I mean, for me, sometimes people ask me, or they kind of question, why do I do the podcast? So it's never been about numbers as or that it's really, for me, it's about the value I add, regardless of how big the group is. Maybe it's a small group, maybe it's a medium group. And then more than that, it's the guests. Um, it's the connections you make. Your life changes. The moment you've got a podcast, suddenly you become a um, it just becomes easier to be guests on other people's podcasts. You can make those connections much, much easier. And you can offer another layer of value to other people, other experts, by having them as guests on your podcast. So it just opens up a whole new world of networking that before it might, have not, might not have been entirely closed to you, but it's not been this easy or... It gives you a different kind of status, if I have to put it that way. Yeah. And I've never heard a podcaster say, oh, I wish I wouldn't have started my podcast. Never. I hear podcasters all the time say, thank God I started my podcast when I did. I wish I would have done it sooner. And it's only benefited my business. I've never heard anyone say the opposite. Yes. And I think it's really, we are content creators. We do have to consider things like Google, things like algorithms. These are all machines. Um, they are controlled by humans, of course. And that gives us an indication of what the market is expecting. But we have to balance that kind of more clinical side of, okay, let's just check our keywords and all of that with something that's more human, something that's where we have that really heartfelt interaction with with other people that's how you get the feeling of a rewarding career of what you're doing is making that impact instead of just relying on just the machine and just satisfying the machine if you get what I'm saying yeah how do you balance that because both are important the human side and the other side they're both important 
So how do you personally balance that? Because I know you do everything. You do video and podcasting and you're just so creative. So what are your thoughts on that? It's definitely important, as you say, like you can't just disregard it and say, unless you just want to do it for fun, then it's absolutely fine. Then you're just like, okay, well, I'm not going to care too much about what what I need to do in terms of getting recognized by the algorithm. Uh, so certain things that trend. So just one example is even podcasters need to use the Google trends just to see what are people searching for, you know, ask the public. Um, I'm sure many of your listeners know these sites that are quite useful to find out what are people actually searching but I mean it's also recognizing that when you do do those the research and you then create the content to answer the question if you like that there is a human side to that as well because you are filling a need that's out there that's obviously out there and then it's just not taking it personally when any of that changes so say i mean instagram has had quite a few drastic changes this year where they shifted their focus from just you know photography to videos it's like a completely new platform all of a sudden and don't take it personally just see it as okay well clearly if i want to make a continue to make a mark on this platform i need to switch to video how can i do it how can i keep that interaction and offer something of value don't be too tempted to look at trends and just say okay well i'm just going to try and do this thing that someone else is doing because it looks popular really try and find your way of okay the algorithm might recognize this as something you know they want to put out or like um you know what's the word like it wants to push it further, but at the same time, it's not something that's mindless content that's probably not even going to be consumed probably uh, properly. It is still going to, whoever sees it is going to be pulled in. They're going to go like, ah, and they're going to have something of value to take away when once the video is finished. And keep it short. That way you don't, you've got less room for error, if you like. Uh, just keep it short to the point. Oh, I like that. What a great answer. So what do you think about, we kind of talked about this a little bit, but um, on the topic of balance, how do you balance everything? You have, you seem to have so much going on. I can't even believe the videos you make. How do you put that all together and just talk like efficiency and balance as far as like workload goes? I'm going to be honest, like straight from the back. I've got my good days and my bad days and I do, I make adjustments constantly and it's basically having like in my head, I don't have a physical list, but I'll just call it a list and just whatever is not adding, like adding maximum value. I just say, okay, well not doing it, not doing it. Um, and video, I just say, okay, well, I've got an option. I can put out five really quick, badly made, um, almost doesn't really matter too much videos or I can spend an hour doing two video two videos really, really well. I'd rather do the latter. So I just manage my time. I always have a checklist for every single day. Uh, I do a lot of prep in advance. So I never go, I've got a rule, never create on the day you want to put anything out because it's too much pressure and you're going to end up in a flat spin I've done this enough to know it's not good to, to do that so if I'm no I'm going to put I just so one example is I used to hate social media and I just decided I'm going to love it by 
I'm just going to learn to love it. So I just get super excited about every single video I make. And that way I know, okay, Monday I've got this time slot. I'm creating three videos. I at least have the material for it because editing doesn't take that long. Um, I'll be able to post it on this day, this day and this day. And that's off my, then that's off my plate and I can just carry on. Okay. Now I'm doing podcast editing or whatever else I need to do. Yeah. So you really do think about things ahead of time. You don't just um, hop into a day not knowing what's going to happen. Yeah. So for me, like what some of the worst moments were, and it's kind of taking the pressure off yourself, like, okay, there are ideal times to post. um, And sometimes like, for example, if you have your episode released you'd really like to post on the same day as your episode release but sometimes I've gotten in the situation where I just not I didn't have the video ready I always do videos for my podcast episodes and then I'm just like well I'm just going to put something up on my stories because I know when I release the video and it's ready it's going to just be much better than me trying to rush it and post it at some odd time today (laughs) so it's just also being relaxed and being giving yourself the flexibility to say, I'd rather do this than this because it's going to have a better result. Oh, this is great. Okay. Am I missing anything? Is there anything you wanted to cover that we just haven't touched on yet? Um, I think we've covered on a lot. Yeah, we have talked about a lot. Yeah. This is so great. <laughs> Can I just tell you my big takeaway? And then I would love if you have any last takeaways for you to... Um, share those. But my big takeaway is that I feel like there are a handful of food bloggers listening who they're like, hmm, this is intriguing because you're an early adopter. You want to get on the wagon before anyone else does and take advantage of something like this. And I just love how you framed everything, Katerina. It's so intriguing. Just the whole concept of like food, first of all, is like you said about the baked potato, you can make anything sound sexy (laughs) through your voice. So that whole concept and then just using your whole idea of like max impact media to transform whatever your story is about food and your recipes to pull in as many people as you can and build those relationships. So yeah, my takeaway is just that I know there are people who are listening. I can just feel it that they're like, I need to get on this and try it. And I'm so excited. And if that's you, send me an email and I will personally like tell you the equipment that's super easy to buy. Like I'll do whatever I can to help you get started because it's really easy. Right, Katarina? It's not a big deal. No, not at all. You'll be surprised how easy it is to just get started. And from there, I mean, you learn and it's so enjoyable. (laughs) Like I've not met a podcaster either that said, I regret. I've only met podcasters who say, I started podcast and then stopped and now I regret it. (laughs) So never the other way around. And I mean, I've got my batching pretty streamlined and it's taken me a while to get here. Um, So it is like a, a stamina game. Like you have to start at a certain spot and kind of build your way up. But I can get so much content scheduled, recorded and scheduled and edited and all of the things in just a couple of days a month. So if I can do that, you can sit down and record 
um, you know, like maybe a season like Katerina suggested, or maybe just a small series to see how it goes and then go from there. Okay. I want to hear your final takeaways, Katerina. Um, I think just to say, first of all, so it is definitely doable. It's definitely flexible and it's gives you the chance there aren't any fast rules on this there is less of an algorithm dictating what you have to do you can make the podcast your own and structure it in the way you want to bring out your creativity bring out your personality add the value you want to add there are really no constraints on that and if you do need any advice I mean I've got like a one page roadmap that shows you exactly the steps to follow whether you just want to start a podcast or whether you want to pull in all of your different content streams into your podcast to make it like a, a ecosystem where your audience can just consume your content and actually just get so much value and build a relationship with you directly so the last takeaway I kind of want to share is that this is what it should be about yes you're putting out your recipes in whatever form unique take you have on them and you want people to interact with you ideally because we as content creators we are by ourselves we do create our content kind of away from an office setting away from a broader community if you like but there is a community out there and part of that is really your audience is the people that consume your content and that's how you need to also if you want to just shake up your instagram account uh, start using reels in an effective way tiktok wherever you want to kind of start experimenting with short videos um just think of it as you're talking to another person across the screen it's not you're not talking into the void. It's the same with a podcast. I know it feels a bit strange like because you are just talking into a mic, but you're talking to people. And those words, what you say, if you keep it, if you just focus on the value that you add and just be your personality, like bring that out, then people are going to feel it and they're going, it's going to change them. It's going to change their lives. That's what podcasts did to me. That's what you, some YouTube videos did to me. So the power is there. And you will be seen as more than just, uh, oh, let me quickly go to so-and-so's food blog just to get a quick recipe. You'll be the person, oh, I've got a long road ahead of me, like a long trip. I would really want to listen to this person and just hear them talk because I'm going to feel better after I heard their voice. Oh, my gosh. That was so amazing. Thank you for saying all of that. And I just wanted to pull out just a couple of things before we wrap up. Um, you mentioned that kind of going this route would be would be less of an algorithm stumbling block. And that I think everyone listening is like, oh, the algorithm, because we <laughs> we get stopped so often by algorithms with Pinterest and Google and oh my gosh, everywhere. Those words, I think, will um, reach ears that really need to hear that. And then you mentioned your roadmap. That sounds super helpful. So where do people find that? So they can go to my website. It is creatorsabroad.com forward slash roadmap. That will take you straight to the site where you can find the roadmap. It's a one page. All of my content is kind of fun and quirky. So it's just a one pager, shows you exactly what you can do, how, how even how to create maximum impact media, uh, media podcast videos, the little the like quick three things you need to do it. So it's easily understandable and consumable and you can apply it immediately. 
Well, since we're talking about that, why don't you just share where else people can find you? So Instagram, um, what's your YouTube channel, all of that? So I'm creators abroad everywhere. On Instagram, I just have a dot in between. So it's at creators abroad. Oh, sorry, at creators.abroad. And website is creatorsabroad.com. YouTube channel is Creators Abroad. TikTok is Creators Abroad. So it's quite easy. I'm the same everywhere. The only thing I would like to add is if you can't find me under Creators Abroad, because I'm actually taking on a uh, personal brand name, because that's something else I didn't mention, but it, it does really does help to bring in some personality and personal a name that people can relate to. So it might be at Katerina or a form of that, but that's for the time being, it's just at Creators Abroad. And if you do change that, let us know. We can add that to your show notes. So if people are like, wait, I can't find her on Instagram, then they can just go there. Um, And you guys have to go look at her content. So don't delay on this. Seriously, you make me smile all the time. You are so funny and fun. And just your personality comes through and all of the videos you make. I'm obsessed with them. They're so good. So everyone go check them out. Oh, that means so much to me. Thank you so much, Megan, for having me on the show. It's been an absolute blast talking to you. Oh, I loved this. I was writing down just so many things that you said that I want to pull out. So I'm excited to go back through and pull out all those nuggets. Do you have a favorite quote or words of inspiration to share with food bloggers before you go? Yes, I do. And this is probably, they've never, some of them might never have heard it. Uh, so it's by an author called Chuck Palahniuk. If you don't know who that is, he wrote the, if you know Fight Club, the film, he wrote the original book that that's based off. <laughs> so the quote is, don't do what you want, do what you don't want, do what you're trained not to want, do the things that scare you the most. Because, and that's my take on it you'll learn the most and develop the most from those things. And they're scary, right? So we avoid them, but those are not the things we should be avoiding. (laughs) It's counterintuitive. Exactly. Thank you for sharing that. And thank you for everything today. This has been incredible. What a great way to start my day. I know you're kind of coming to the close of your day, but I appreciate your time today so, so much. Um, Yeah, just thank you for being here, Katerina. Yeah, no worries. Like I said, I've really enjoyed this conversation and it's been an absolute honor to be on your podcast, Megan. If you guys want to peek at show notes, um, please feel free to go do that. You can find them at eatblogtalk.com forward slash creators abroad. So thanks again for being here and thank you for listening today, food bloggers. I will see you next time. We're glad you could join us on this episode of Eat Blog Talk. For more resources based on today's discussion, as well as show notes and an opportunity to be on a future episode of the show, be sure to head to eatblogtalk.com. If you feel that hunger for information, we'll be here to feed you on Eat Blog Talk.